When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The pinnacle of golf, the Masters, starts soon with Kiwi Ryan Fox teeing off. Amongst the riveted fans at Augusta will be his dad, all black legend, Grant Fox. He's been there a couple of weeks ago and played and said, oh, it's pretty scary. The FIFA World Cup looms and the football ferns are continuing with their international warm-ups and they have a new kit. And we have a special extended interview with All Blacks captain Sam Kane on his motivations and what inspires him to lead. Kia ora, I'm Zoe George and this is The Podium, sports news but not as you know it from Stuff. A dream come true. That's how golfer Ryan Fox has been describing his invitation to the US Masters in Georgia. The world number 28 booked his spot at Augusta following his triumph at the Alfred Dunhill Masters in Scotland last year. His father, former All Black and total legend Grant Fox, is headed over to join his son on the amazing moment. Uh, the podium caught up with him before he flew out. Kia Grant. Lovely to have you on the show. <laughs> Hi Zoe, nice to be here and my wife's joining me too, so we're both oh, travelling to see Ryan. Amazing, uh, you must be so proud, Ryan reaching this incredible moment. Very proud of him, I mean he's worked hard for this, it's been um, a dream of him since he was a little boy, but pleased for him too that he's achieved that goal. I mean um, a long time ago now I was that little kid having a dream about playing in a black jersey and his dream has always been the Masters and so I sort of, you know, I, I know what it's like to finally get there. So we're chuffed for him. Wow, that goal of going to the Masters since childhood. When did you know that he was really starting to take golf seriously? Probably early teens, to be honest. I mean, he always enjoyed golf. We played a lot on holiday in Fiji and the Whitford Park Club's only 10 k's down the road from us. And so my wife used to go and drop him every Sunday morning about 9 o'clock and not pick him up till about 4 he and his mates would play, then go and go and look for you know all the lost golf balls to try and replenish their stock. And then he decided he wanted to play competitively, so he played penance for the club, and then decided that um, rugby wasn't for him. And um, he played one year of premier cricket and club cricket in Auckland when he left school, and then decided that really golf was that. That wasn't until he was about eighteen. Were you okay with him not pursuing and following in your footsteps, and instead, you know, making his own path in a different sport? I'm more than okay, to be perfectly honest. Um, it was a hard road for for um, children of um, you know parents, but in the same sport, in a different sport, I think it's an easier path because you're carving your own destiny. There's no judgment sort of compared to the, the old lady or the old man. So I think I, I was chuffed. I mean, he did come and ask me, would you mind if I didn't play? Well, of course. I mean, that's Ryan. He's a polite boy like that, thinking that somehow I mightn't be that happy. But I, I was wrapped that he, he chose something else. Um, if, I'm, if I'm honest, I think cricket was probably his better game compared to rugby when he was at school. Um, and if he had pursued that, you know, he might have done okay. But... Um, you know, when you when you decide you want to play a particular game, you've just got to chuck everything out that there's not much room for anything else. Uh, does he have any special preparations that you've seen him develop over his career? No, not really. He's he's, um, he's not um, as routine focused as I was. <laughs> 
he's a bit, probably a little bit more laid back, but there's a there's a there is a fire that burns inside. But he's quite good at hiding. But you know, he's got his team around him. He's got a good team around him that that um, you know, like a, you see the rugby team or the cricket team or the netball team or whatever. But what you don't see is the team behind the golfer. And so he's you know he's probably got a a quick count, probably half a dozen people who are critical to you know him. Him doing what he does. He spoke with Simon Bridges on Generally Famous, uh, one of Stuff's other podcasts, and he has yeah. credited you with keeping him in the game when he wanted to quit in the early days. So, have you had some words of advice for him during this time? No, no, not 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 now. I mean, look, he's thirty six now. He's been doing this for a long time. He knows what he's doing. Uh, what he needs from us is, you know, well, what we want to do is just support. What what we do know is he'll try his best, right? And golf's a game like all sports. I mean, <clears throat> you're more out of form than in form. That's just the nature. Because if if you're always in form, the best in the best in the world will win all the time. That doesn't happen. So, um, um, and when your form's in, you got to ride it. So we'll just we'll see we'll see what happens this week. As I said, there's no expectations. He's been there a couple of weeks ago and played. He said, "Oh, he said pretty scary <laughs> in terms of the precision you need to be. You know, you got to get the ball in the right place on the green." Because he said, if you are in the wrong place or miss the green, that's where the real, that's the challenge of Augusta. It's going to be magnificent no matter what the result. How wonderful to see Ryan Fox making his debut at the US Masters in Georgia this week. Uh, Grant, it's been delightful chatting. Yeah, my pleasure. It was a historic week for the football friends as they officially kicked white shorts for touch. Their new uniform was unveiled in Sydney by Nike on Monday. But the football friends are far too busy focusing on their World Cup warm-up games against Iceland and Nigeria in Turkey this week. Olivia Chance spoke to me via Zoom. Kia ora, Olivia. Welcome to the podium. Kia ora. Thank you for having me. How excited are you about this new kit and not having to wear white shorts anymore? (laughs) Yeah, I'm really excited for both kits. I've always loved the black kit, so I really like the design that they have with the fern all over the black kit. And then, yeah, as a team, we're loving the white kit. We love the pop of colour and we also love what it stands for. We're really excited that taking a period, which is a normal part of the female you know, body and really decided that we don't want any anxiety around it. And so we have teal shorts and we love both kits. So yeah, we're really excited to play in both of them. So these new uniforms are going to be out and about this week when you play. Uh, Who have you got? You've got Iceland and then Nigeria. Iceland's ranked 14th in the world currently. And I think Nigeria is 25th. So what colours will we see you in? and, And what's the game plan for these games? Well, I want to see us in both because obviously when you get new kit, you want to try them both and try them all. So, and we're expecting hard games, you know, they're good opposition. They offer different things. I think, you know, physical, uh, both physical games. And it's really important for us to start, you know, focusing on how we're going to score goals and prevent goals. It sounds simple, but you know, it can be really difficult once you start playing tough oppositions. Mm. Well, you know, these these warm-up games are really important because we're only we're coming up 100 days almost to the Football World Cup. It's getting exciting. And unfortunately, the results haven't really been going the football fans away. Yep. So what's something different that fans are going to be seeing in these games? And, and are you hoping to get a couple of wins under your belt? Yes, obviously, we're always wanting to win. And as you're right, um, our recent performances hasn't haven't shown that. So 
you know, it's really important for us to be in Turkey and concentrate on football and making sure that, you know, we really nail down our principles and, and the tactics of what we want to do. So, you know, we put ourselves in the best possible position and also having a fit team. Uh, you know, I want to make sure, you know, we need to knock those injuries out and try to stay as, as healthy as we can. And I'm excited for the new players to come in and, you know, the young ones to, to see what it's about just before the World Cup. How is the environment going? Um, are there lots of nerves right now or are you just trying to stay real calm and cool? No, I think we're excited. We understand the pressure. And, you know, for someone like myself, I, I love the pressure that it's bringing. And it's just about the team embracing that. We're going to have a lot of pressure. It's a home World Cup and we want to perform. We haven't won a game at the World Cup before. And that's the first step that we need to look at, you know, making sure that we win a game. And then, you know, we want to get out of the group. That's our aim. But we need to go step by step. So the first part is winning a game. Olivia? Pleasure having you on the podium. Please come back and visit us again soon. Of course, I'd love to. Once we win a game at the World Cup. Sam Kane's naysayers may need to hold their breath if the All Blacks skipper's recent form is anything to go by. With a win over the Blues and a firm grip on the top spot on the Super Rugby Pacific table, the Chiefs, co-led by Kane, are outperforming their competitors and the man himself is showing top form. The podium caught up with the All Blacks captain at home as he helped with baby duties for his son Hudson and we talked about what motivates him and preparing for the Rugby World Cup. Sam, it is delightful to have you on the show and thank you so much for, for taking the time to to chat with us. Um, yeah, it's been quite hard. <laughs> the last sort of 12 months have been quite difficult for the All Blacks. And so how would you describe your leadership style, particularly when the chips are down? I'd like to think I'm someone who's who's pretty authentic um, like, and true to myself and pretty consistent with who I am and how I treat people, I think. If you're not, players and teammates and, and people can see through that or you can't keep up the front the whole time. It's important to focus on what's important and what's going to make the biggest shift or the biggest influence on our performance or us as a team in the next week because that's often how long we've got to, to get it right. You mentioned that you grew up on a farm. What was that like? Uh, that was It was awesome. We were pretty lucky. My, my parents, Kathy and Malcolm, they met at high school in Reparo, both from dairy farming families, but they knew they didn't want to go into dairy farming, so they were some of the earliest deer farmers in New Zealand. We were really lucky, we had a great childhood, given uh, every opportunity, we played lots of sport, they were super supportive and encouraged us to give everything a crack. One rule was though, if you commit to something, whether it's for a season or even if it was music lessons or whatever, you had to see it through, you had to commit to it. I think it was a good quality or something they... They installed in us all. Dad loves deer farming, so he doesn't really see it as a job or as work so much. So he's, he's pretty lucky he's found his passion. His other passion is probably watching rugby. Uh, so, yeah, he's got it pretty good. I don't, I don't know how to describe the role of – it's the same for the All Blacks coach. I don't know how to describe the role of an, of an All Blacks captain. It's like the job that everyone wants, but also the job that no one wants at times. Yeah, I suppose it depends how, how you look at it. I've um, always viewed it as a massive honour and a privilege and although there's certainly been very challenging and, and testing times there hasn't I can hand on heart say there's been a time where I thought I don't want to be doing this it just challenges you in, in so many different ways 
there have been lots of comparisons made of you and other captains and and particular players in your position. Is comparison the thief of joy? <laughs> I've heard that before. Uh, we don't really have a, a, a game without the fans and, and comparisons. I understand comparisons are, are interesting for fans. Like I follow other sports and as a fan and I can understand that so it's just something that I've had to deal with due to the the timing when I've been born and when I've come through I suppose and so I think I've been really fortunate for the first I think four years of my career I got to learn off one of the best to ever do it in terms of captaincy and and open side flanker so you know it just completely depends what lens you choose to look through those type of things if you look and see that it's going to burden you by being compared to Richie McCaw as someone who's achieved amazing things or I can flip it around and say what a, what a privilege to have had the first four years of my career under him and, and learn what I did. Uh, so, Sam, last year you got smacked in the face. You broke your cheekbone. It's the latest in a long string of injuries for you. How's the injury going and, and does it make you play differently? Yeah, it was pretty um, unfortunate timing. That, that cheekbone, uh, obviously leading into the India tour, we're playing Japan and there's only there's only about fifteen or twenty minutes to go as well. So, uh, oh, in terms of the recovery, it was it was pretty it was probably the easiest uh, injury I've actually had to recover from. And but this involved getting surgery, sort of just for those two weeks, the week prior to surgery and the week after, it just felt like a bad black eye. But I could get back running pretty quickly and, and back into the gym and. Just, I don't know, the timing of the injury and what we went through last year, I was, I was pretty motivated to put in a lot of work in the off-season. It probably helped me deal with the frustration of not being able to be over there. It was just uh, start getting back into some training. And I also understand you've made some really small tweaks to particular techniques this year that are making a huge difference for you. So what changes have you made? Part of my game is obviously like throwing my, my body around a wee bit, but... Um, with that, uh, I, I think I've got better the last few years at trying to be in a little bit, um, but more self-preservation. Um, so just picking and choosing a little bit better. I don't know. I've made a, a real conscious effort probably in the last eighteen months to, to stretch a lot more and, and learn to love stretching rather than find it a chore, which is which is nice because I'm noticed the difference it makes. But uh, I don't know. Maybe the the biggest difference is probably just having Hudson and giving myself giving some real balance and perspective to, to rugby and life. What's a one must-have thing in your bag, in your kit bag? Oh, my rugby bag? Yeah. Definitely my mouth guard. And I uh, I left it at home for the first time in my career a couple of weeks ago, actually. I don't know, I don't know how I did. I transferred some stuff into a different bag when we flew to, to Melbourne. You know, I got over there and I realised I hadn't put my mouth guard, so I had to... Um, Go and mould like one of the, the old school ones that I had, like you know when you're playing junior footy instead of the, the fitted dental ones that we have now. Oh no, that's not so good. Did were you all okay though? No problems. No, nah, it was a little bit harder to breathe because it was, it was a little bit bigger. But um, like I said, I think as you get older, like some maybe when I was younger, that would have really you know not thrown me, but it would have pissed me off that I'd done it. But you sort of learn to. To move on, and I think if anything, the uh, the COVID years did that for us as rugby players too. Everything that we thought was normal and routine, and 
and so important for us to play well. Um, yeah, things can change and we just got to adapt. It must be interesting watching the Six Nations and seeing Ireland doing quite well at the moment. Oh, <laughs> oh look, I, I think um, maybe in reflection, a lot of a lot of people didn't appre- appreciate how how good their island side was that that came down and played us here in June. Um, there's no denying we weren't playing good rugby, but at the same time they're a very very good side as we've seen in the last year or so since then, or not quite a year since then. So yeah, no, no surprising. Ireland and and France uh, will probably head into the World Cup as as two of the teams to beat, and yeah, we'll be lucky enough to. Get first crack at France round one, which will be, um, I reckon, bar the playoffs, it'll be the the biggest game up until then. Are you the hunted or the hunter? Oh, I'm not sure. It depends who, whose eyes or who you're talking to, I suppose. But um, absolutely, we can win it. Uh, I think even I, I just think we've we've got a, a great squad. We've got a world class coaching team um, in terms of all of our coaches, and we'll go over there. Haven't been through uh, a bit of shit together, but stayed really tight as a team. It's hard at the moment. It's not hard at the moment, but you're you're fully invested into your Super Rugby team, giving everything you can. But at the back of the mind, your mind, um, you know, there's a World Cup to look forward to, and and for sure we'll go there with absolutely every every confidence and make sure we give it our best crack. And and hopefully things can go away and we'll we'll come home with a World Cup and, and make New Zealand proud. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here's what else is making headlines. To mark 100 days before the FIFA World Cup kicks off, the next round of ticket sales opens on the 11th of April. That's Tuesday at 2pm. Get in quick. UFC fans, set your alarms for Sunday morning as Israel Adesanya has his UFC 287 middleweight championship rematch against Alex Pereira in Miami. Paracyclist Siobhan Terry has claimed bronze, one of nine medals for the Kiwi team in the WC4 500-metre time trial at the Oceania Cycling Champs. And New Zealand has its first representative at the Longines FEI Jumping World Cup Finals in eight years in Omaha, Nebraska, with Tauranga horsemen Philip Steiner and Cassina Dior. The event starts today. Sport is for all, not just for some, and those with vision impairment will still be able to follow all the action of the FIFA Football World Cup in July, thanks to audio description. Training's been underway for those describing what's going to happen on the pitch at Eden Park, and stuff journalist Olivia Shivers was there. She talks with vision-impaired sports fan Lisa Reid about what good audio description sounds like and why it's so important. Audio description makes it just so much more inclusive and so much more exciting to be able to just, well, literally watch the game. And what makes a good audio description? What makes a good audio description? I think the enthusiasm of the person who's describing it, just kind of just really getting into the game, 
following the game fully uh, with, with everything that's happening. And I, I think pretty much that's what makes it great because you're being able to follow the game. And on top of the enthusiasm, what are some things that are quite important to describe, like specific things that might not come across with an ordinary sports commentary? So the details and audio description, really, they really help if um, every, everything's in there. Even the little things like if somebody fell or, you know, like whether a person has kicked the ball the wrong direction or whether somebody's um, gone and intercepted that or taken it. Yeah, every, every little bit helps. Um, just like, you know, if you're sighted, of course, you're picking up all of those things. So it's really cool uh, for, for somebody like myself, if we're not seeing it, to still be able to pick up all of those things as well. And that's it for The Podium. I'm Zoe George, and on behalf of our guests this week, producer Philippa Tolley and sound engineer Connor Scott, thanks for listening. Let us know who you'd like to hear on The Podium. Drop us a line at thepodiumatstuff.co.nz. We'll see you next week. Until then, ka kite anō, go well. Kia ora, I'm Adam Blair. I played the great game of rugby league for the Storm, Tigers, Broncos and the Mighty Warriors. And I'm Goran Paladin, sports presenter and rugby league fanatic. I won a World Cup too. I played 51 tests for New Zealand. Yeah, he's a national treasure, people. Come on. Blairy and I, we're joining forces for a brand new rugby league podcast called League of Our Own. Each week we talk Kiwis across the NRL and of course everything was. All the big names, the big stories. And some of my own stories too. Well, if we can make them fit. We'll make time. Okay. League of Our Own with Blairy and Goran. Debut ep dropping on Wednesday afternoon and every Wednesday after that. You can listen through stuff.co.nz or wherever you get your podcast. Proudly brought to you by Snap Rentals. Mate, your, your stories are way too long, eh? Nah, we've got to take them on a journey. <laughs> oh, the journey. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs>